Hello everyone and welcome back to Football a la Turca episode 18. I hope you all listened to our interview last week with Gabriele Marcotti. Uh, it was our first interview and we'll be having a couple more coming up for you soon. Uh, lining up an interview right now with, uh, with uh, Samantha Johnson. I was going to say Samuel L. Jackson for a minute there. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that would be very... Uh, Weird for a Turkish football podcast. And of course, uh, with uh, John Okar, we're uh, sitting down with John soon too to talk a little bit about football finances. But I am today joined once again by Burak Sezgin, Uzer Dinger, and the returning Umut Naderi. So, guys, thanks for joining me. Pleasure, once again. Pleasure. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and uh, well, today, before we get into the fun stuff, we before we get into, um, uh, well, just a little bit of chit chat, really, between. Uh, some friends. We're trying out a little bit of a, a less uh, structured format, so to speak. We're just going to talk about transfer rumors, uh, things we think are likely, not likely, stuff like that. But before we get into that, we're going to briefly talk about the Turkish international break. Of course, last week, due to our interview with Gabriele Marcotti, we were unable to do an, uh, an episode on the Turkish national team's results in the European qualifiers. So I'm just quickly going to run down these results here. Turkey beat France 2-0 in Konya. Great result for Turkey. Unfortunately, it was followed up by a defeat in Reykjavik 1-2 against Iceland. Um, with that, Turkey are top of the group with 9 points, but so are France with 9 points and so are Iceland now with 9 points. So all three of the favorites to qualify have 9 points at the moment. Of course, the top two will qualify and then, there's, then it comes down to the best third of... Uh, the groups i'm not 100 sure on how that works out we'll we'll check out uh, a little bit close cl- the closer we get to the end of the qualifying campaign we'll get a little bit more information on that if it's needed um although i don't know about you guys but i still despite that loss to iceland i still feel pretty good about our chances um let's let's start with uh, with umut what do you think about our defeat in iceland and what 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 feeling were you going into that game coming off of that astound, astounding win uh, against France? Well, after the win from the France, uh, I was really uh, uh, not feeling very really good about the Iceland game because we were uh, really wait expecting uh, very much from the team. Uh, but uh, two days apart, uh, and our players are like tired uh, and. Uh, our squad uh, went into a rotation and we had to use uh, players like Ozan and uh, not having Mahmoud Tekdemir in the midfield uh, caused us a lot of problems. Uh, also, uh, lack of quality shown by Hakan Chalhanoğlu, I believe, uh, yeah. uh, is the thing uh, we lacked uh, in the Iceland game. But Iceland as a team uh, is a really quality team, uh, not as a talent, but mm-hmm. uh, being a team uh, kept them uh, uh, really successful down the years, uh, and they showed this similar uh, kind of thing against us, and uh, that uh, resulted the uh, defeat uh, yeah. against Turkey. But Turkey didn't get blown away this time. Last time, I believe, we, we went there, we got blown away 3-0. Um, Uzer, what what were your thoughts on, in particular, the Iceland result? Were you surprised at all? Did you do you think that Turkey might have been too arrogant going into that match? Yeah, I think arrogance is is definitely a key factor there. There was also the whole Brushgate scandal that didn't really help 
the concentration of the Turkish players. I think they saw it as a kind of issue of pride and relied too much on that uh, to, to, to spur them on and didn't think too much about the football, which was a shame. Um, Umut mentioned about Hakan Chalhan Ola, which I agree with. I think in the past, he's been criticised for being ineffective. Whereas in that game, he was actually harmful to the rest of the team. He gave so many improper passes. He gave away possession a lot of the time. Uh, and I was disappointed that Shanol Ganesh didn't take him off. Um, I was also disappointed with Shanol's team selection. Um, we were unlucky to not have uh, Cengiz Undel, of course, through injury again. But Shanol should have been a lot more attacking than he was. Because towards the end of the second half, Turkey actually turned on the charm and played some pretty good football. But just couldn't convert it into enough goals to get the point. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think uh, as soon as Yusuf Yazici came on at halftime, we immediately felt uh, a change. Uh, the, the pressure from, from, from Iceland eased up. They weren't able to put us under the same pressure they were in during the first 30-35 minutes. Uh, Burak, what did you think of Shinol Gunish's team selection? Well, I think against the, the French, it was magnifique, as the French would say. I think at the end of the, the France game, when Hassan Ali Calderon walks into the changing room, he empties out his, he empties out his pockets. He's got a couple of bananas, uh, a headband, and a Kylian Mbappe just like falls out onto the dressing room floor. <laughs> saying like, there you go. France had no shots on target in, in that game as well, which is the first time I think in a decade or Didier Deschamps mentioned. So I thought the team selection in that game, everyone stepped up and, and performed. Uh, Tech Demir, uh, Irfan Jan in particular, uh, Undar Karnay Han, uh, Melich Demiral went all, he went Conor McGregor on Olivier Giroud, nearly knocked him out with a flying knee, which was <laughs> glorious. It's even more glorious in slow motion to watch him like knock that, that pretty boy down. Um, and as, as I said, then we had um, Brushgate and being in Iceland and being Turks, uh, they scoured the internet like day and night and eventually found the guy made him wear a Turkish shirt and made him apologize. Um, no turned doubt. out to be a Belgian guy, not a nice guy. turned out to be a Belgian. <laughs> I heard he's, he's down the road from you, Khan. Is that, is that right? No, 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 no. Did you lend him the jersey, Khan? No Frenchies over here. <laughs> um, I, and then, actually, I don't, I don't have many Turkey jerseys. I have to be honest. I have, uh, I have a couple, like three or four maybe, but I, I really don't have a lot of Turkey jerseys. I need to get a few more into the collection, my friend. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I had the chance to buy Ilhan's shirt from the World Cup uh, in 2002, and I passed on it for some reason. Um, still the actual it's... shirt he wore off his back? Yeah, one of the shirts. I'm not sure which game, but it was a match-worn shirt that I passed up on buying it uh, like a couple years ago. Really stupid. Um, yeah, but I actually do own an Ilhan shirt from uh, the, the the qualifying campaign against Latvia, so that's less uh, good memories. But yeah. oh god, I remember that. That was the playoff where we lost. Yeah, Verbakovskis. Absolute absolute prick he was. Um, I can't believe still still can't believe we lost that playoff game to uh, bloody Latvia. Yeah. Um, but we digress, and um, I mean against Iceland, I mean. The Icelandic team—they're just—they're just built like like brick shit houses, aren't they? It's like a team of Dolph Lundgrens from Rocky Four, um, <laughs> just coming at you. They're all like six foot four, blonde, broad shoulders, strong. And then at one point, you had the image of Abdul Qadir Amur had come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you know, and just him against like one of their centre backs. It, it was just funny, um, you, you know. 
he's just towering over him. I, I see uh, Abdul Qadir Amir as looking a bit like a real life Super Mario. You know, he's got that kind, of, that kind of vibe, and I see him kind of jumping around and avoiding punches and things. Yeah, but he it does was it almost really like well. he, yeah, yeah, he does a pretty good job. And and in the game, in the game against Iceland, he was kind of like getting battered and bruised all over from these towering Donkey Kong style Iceland players. Yeah, but he's not afraid of them. That's uh, no, he's not. He's not. He's, he's, not. Uh, he's well yeah, he's very Messi-esque in that respect. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't compare him to Messi in in, in, in most other. Uh, ways maybe you know his dribbling style and all that but he's he, he, he doesn't shy away from duels from physical duels i mean yeah, i remember one point he he went in for an aerial duel with a guy that's like twice his size and he actually got a fall called on him yeah, yeah. i was just laughing my socks off at that point I, I didn't think the referee was particularly good but um definitely wasn't his fault that we lost uh iceland with with their trademark power play just overwhelmed us and we got the goal through Dorokan right before halftime to get one back, but couldn't do anything really in, in, in the, the second 45 minutes. And it's interesting because I, I did run a poll after the France game to ask uh, the followers, uh, well, my followers, who were um, who was the man of the match for them. And I gave them four selections. But, and so it was between Meri Demiral, Khan Ayhan, Burak Yilmaz and Hassan Ali Kaldrim. Obviously, there were other people who played a great game, like Burak already said, Mahmoud Tegdimir. And, uh, I mean, almost the entire team played a great game. Um, except for maybe, I, I didn't particularly fancy Kenan Karaman in the first half. He, he had a good second half in terms of work rate, but I think that's one of those players that does stick out a little bit as a short term of, that's just not enough quality there, but um, I digress. So, 809 votes, that's the final results. It was 31% Meri Demiral. Uh, 18% Khan Ayhan, 29% Burak Yilmaz, and 22% Hassan Ali Kaldirim. So, I mean, it was really close. I think Meri Demiral, for me, that was my choice too. I think he, he had a fantastic game. Uh, I know Umut was, was very high on Burak's performance there. And I kind of want to pick in on that because Burak was really good in that match against France. It was impressive how he kept both Umtiti and, and Varane busy for basically 90-plus minutes on his own, 34 years old, against two guys who are in the prime of their careers, like, what, 24, 25 years old. Uh, so he's, like, 10 years their senior, and he kept them busy for 95-plus minutes. But you could really see that, that it took the wind out of his sails, I felt like, because against Iceland, I thought it was absolutely abysmal. Um, it felt like he was playing a match against himself for 90-plus minutes. He was more worried about the referee getting annoyed by, you know... the the physical play by the Iceland players, but he was nowhere in the match. And it's one of those things, I, I do kind of understand why you leave him on, because you don't have many options on the bench in terms of strikers. Uh, and you you are hoping, as a coach, you're hoping for that one moment where he's going to pop up in the box and maybe score. But I, I, I think it was very clear early on that this was not going to be one of those games where Burak was going to get on the score sheet, just simply because he was just... He was playing against himself. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Ricardo Quaresma when he has those little fits. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you guys with the team selection against, you know, Iceland, despite, of course, the injury to Mahmoud Tegdimir last minute was very unfortunate. The injury to Genghis Winder was very unfortunate. But then to put in Ozan Tufan, who basically hasn't played a proper amount of football in the last two or three years. I mean, he got a couple of games under his belt now with Alanya Spor and did okay, but... That does not make you up to this, you know, up to this level. I think there could have been better choices there. But again, you know, Okayokishli being out, Mahmoud being out, 
in the second half I did feel that Ozan was a little bit better, but in the first half I felt like he was just, you know, kind of dead weight. Um, Hassan Ali couldn't repeat his performance, Burak couldn't repeat his performance, Miri and Khan, I think it was a good test for them, this type of match really gave them a run for their money, but they had to make up for a lot of uh, the lack of coverage from midfield, uh, I don't know if you guys would agree with that. So much for my monologue, guys. <laughs> <laughs> also, but I'm another to... drink. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to say that it has to it has to be stated that Turks uh, are really uh, uh, go onto things with their feelings, giving mm-hmm. uh, and uh, surrender to their feelings. And before the game uh, of Iceland. Uh, the pressure coming from the public, from the Twitter, from Instagram, yeah. uh, they just build up some hashtags uh, into the mm-hmm. team about like the Icelandic, uh, you know, uh, invasion uh, about. Uh, uh, <laughs> Turks some... are coming for 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 Iceland. Or what yeah, was yeah, it? yeah. We're it gonna was like number one trend in the world, and then you get beaten two to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you uh, uh, turn the field into a war zone and. Uh, Turks uh, already lost that war yeah, because yeah. it just reminds me of that uh, Switzerland game back mm-hmm. in the day uh, in tw- uh, 2005 I think mm-hmm. we failed to qualify for the World Cup uh, it was the same thing uh, we yeah. go there uh, about a war kind of ideology and we lost once again uh, we had just had to be uh, move with our logic. Yeah, that shenanigans that. doesn't work in, in yeah, uh, that, at that the international level. True. But uh, I think it's important. Well, uh, we look at if we look at our next three fixtures, which are then Andorra at home, Moldova away, and then Albania at home. That should be the head F should be nine points for that one. Andorra yeah. at home, I don't think I'm going to pose much of a challenge. Moldova away. Could be a little bit tricky, and then Albania at home, I reckon, could be a little bit tricky. But if we get all our players back that were missing for the Iceland game, and Okai Okushla, hopefully, who's back to fitness as well, then you know Shino will have a, I think, will have a good selection headache. And I think the we're going to understand the importance of that win away in Albania a lot more as the group comes to a conclusion. And I, I still think that we can qualify. But I think that nothing can be taken for for, for granted um, moving forward. And but yeah, I am uh, excited, excited still, still very optimistic about this team more more so than I have been for uh, a couple of years. Um, even going into Euro 2016, I wasn't massively optimistic with uh, with the state of the team because we we were starting maybe top of that centre back. Yeah, we for, knew for, we knew going into that that was going to be like we're glad to be there, but that's yeah. I was glad to be there. I, was, I followed the team around <laughs> yeah. the country, around France uh, with my friends, so that was a really good experience. Oh, um, <laughs> so that that was Vafa? great. Uh, uh, yes, Vafa, Vafa Napoli, huh? No, that was not, that that was a made-up language. But no, because um, they've released tickets, so, so you can start to buy tickets now on the the, the UEFA website. But what they've said that. I think at the end of this year, once the qualifying is over, if your team qualifies that you want to follow, you can then start to apply for tickets as well. Because mm. last time, um, I applied for all three tickets for all Turkey's group games, and I had to apply using my Terje Kimlik number. Um, really? Yeah, so you couldn't 
apply for those with like an English passport. That's uh, kind of. Hmm. So it was like that for every um, nation as well. So if you're like a Swede living in England, um, like dual nationality like I am, you'd have to apply with your, your Swedish passport details to get tickets to all the Sweden home games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think you're right, Barack. Head of Dokus Point, it has to be nine points. Yes. Um, against those teams, you have to take nine points. I think uh, losing in Iceland, it's... I think we should have always gotten a draw there that, that for us that game ahead if you look at the schedule that game was the make or break thing uh, I think going into before the France game if you would have told me we would we would lose in Reykjavik I would have said okay you know what then it's over <laughs> but because we got those bonus three points against France no no man overboard right now you know it, it, we still have everything in our own hands uh, as long as we beat Iceland at home um Yeah, uh, for those of you who are wondering what all that noise is, I, I am. I have the windows open. It's extremely hot here, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just we have to win those games. I think there's no ifs or buts, uh, no way around it. Uh, there's no excuse. Those games have to be won. It's a very favorable fixtures right now for us. Um, the schedule is good, so we have to win those games. If you have what is it, 18 points, and then I guess we play. Uh, We're gonna play Iceland. We don't know yet where. I believe. I think it's gonna be like Eskisir again or something. Probably, um, perhaps in Istanbul. I don't know. I, I believe one of the next upcoming games is being played in Istanbul uh, at Vodafone Park, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it might be the Albania match or something. But um, yeah, you know, losing to Iceland. It's we always knew going into this that they were gonna be our kind of head head to head rivals. And it's unfortunate that we lost that match, especially because of how pompous our fan base have acted. And I'm pretty sure the, the people in Iceland had a good laugh at our expense because of that hashtag and just all the blowing stuff out of proportion. And um, yeah, you know. Let's just wait and see who has the last laugh there, my Icelandic friends. <laughs> Let's just well, wait and see. It's, it's good that we managed to score that goal and it was only 2-1 because now we have a good chance that as long as we beat Iceland, either our head-to-head is going to be level and it's going to come down to goal differential and then we have the advantage because they conceded a buttload against France. Um, so it's it's I believe they conceded five against France, didn't they? Or did they not play? They did play France, didn't they? And I think they lost like 5-1 yeah, or something. That's it, yes. Their goal difference is currently zero, whereas ours is plus seven. Yeah, so as long as we beat them, uh, you know, our head-to-head will be fine and our goal differential is is usually in our favor. So I think we still are favorites to go through, but of course we will probably have to beat them or get a point against France or something. Um, But I think with with three points in the bag against France, and I think France, given the way that that match went and the whole political hoo-ha they made about, you know, the fans booing their national anthem and something, maybe Mbappé and company will be a little bit more motivated to make an example out of uh, the Turks when we travel to uh, Paris or wherever that match may be played. Um, Do do any of you have anything to add about the Turkish national team? Şenol Güneş, uh, did you see cracks starting to show already from one couple of days where we were on a, a massive high and then of course the low following the Iceland match it was one of those things where everyone after the France game was like oh Shenel Ganesh is so glad to have him back we're gonna 
recapture the glory years of 2002. Oh, he's the best coach ever. Oh, he's this, he's that. Three days later, Sean Ganesh sucks. He's a coward. He's played boring football. He played the wrong team selection. We can't do anything with Sean. <laughs> it was a classic kind of Turkish uh, roller coaster Turkish mm-hmm. ride. Yeah, very we're very fickle fans. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you can call it call it cracks. I think you know he just he got it wrong on that day. Uh, ultimately, he's got to be judged on on results. But we did bet, put in a bit of a performance second half. But I, I think he made some errors as well, such by keeping on Kenan Karaman for as long as he did, for keeping on Hakan Shahanul for as long as he did, mm-hmm. and the same and the same with Burak Yilmaz. Um, you could see he was just shattered. Um, yeah. So even you know the only real option we had was Guvan Yalcin. I'd be like, he's a fresh pair of legs, he's young, mm. he's got no fear, chuck him on and just let him run into some Isla- that Icelandic brick wall and see yeah. if he can get through it. And it is Iceland. I mean, Guven isn't isn't Cenk Tosun. He's not a player that's, you know, been around the block, Champions League games and stuff that I got under his belt. But it's, it's, it is still, at the end of the day, yes, Iceland are a formidable side, but most of those players play at a relatively low level. Um, so I, I, I don't think... You could not. I don't think that starting with Guven would have been, or at least putting him on earlier. I mean, I think he came on like the seventy-fifth minute or something. Uh, and I think we can all, we all have seen before. Hakan Chalano on the wings does not work. He does not have the explosive ability for that. It simply doesn't work. Uh, we have guys like Abdul Kadir Umur on the bench. We have Yusuf Yazaj on the bench. I really thought that Yusuf immediately had a, a positive impact and yes, later down in the second half he had a couple of painful losses of possession that could have resulted in a in a in a, in a counter goal or something, but he was taking initiative, he was trying. And Hakan Chalano to me, I I'm I'm so not a fan of his. To me he's just he's just exceptionally good at direct free kicks and he is very average at everything else. He's not scored a direct free kick for Turkey though, has he? Yeah, he has, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, so, well, call exactly which game, but not not a good one though. Not like the one by Selçukinan scored against yeah, Iceland no. to qualify. Not, he's not a clinical one or anything. No, like he's, he's flattered to deceive. He's I, he's living off the back of those YouTube videos and I, he's, he's yeah, done fuck all. I think he got a deflection in a qualifier or something against was it the Ukraine or in a two-two draw against someone, but I don't remember exactly who it was, but. Um, yeah, for me, he's just been completely underwhelming in almost every single national team match, except for, I think, against Albania, he had a decent performance. That was probably his best ever uh, national team performance. But for me, I mean, that's the t- one of the things I, I dislike about Chinon Gunesh is that For me, the only reason he put Hakan Chalanola in is because he's higher in the pecking order than a Yusuf Yazajan and an Abdulkadir Umur. But, sorry, but Yusuf is a better all-round player. Abdul Qadir, okay, he's, he's he's young and he still has a ways to go, but he's so talented and you're lacking you you really lack explosiveness on on those wings. If you don't have Genghis, we I don't think we had a single pure winger there. I mean, I guess you could call Kenan a, a winger, but we really lack depth on the wings. Um it's it's such a shame that MR Moore is such a turd sandwich in terms of personality because we could have really done with uh, with his uh, ability. <laughs> he oh, I've is heard that expression in a very long time. Turd sandwich. And did you did you see the um when they were listing the players while they weren't playing they said um, they said Cengiz and that knee injury, Mom would take them with thigh injury, M remote Instagram <laughs> <laughs> 
it's such <laughs> yeah, a, I did say that. Yeah, it's, it's such a natural waste that kid. I mean, he's so. He, I mean, his speed and his dribbling ability. Um, I think he has a lot of all other stuff to work on. Like, I actually recently had a, an argument with some of my friends because he's been linked to Bishiktas, and I'm like, well, what is he really? I mean, he has incredible speed he has incredible ability on the ball but what can he do otherwise he's not a very good shooter he's not a very good crosser he's not necessarily a clinical finisher or anything like that so people are saying he could be like a superstar level player but if you don't tick one of those boxes i don't think you're ever going to be exceptional like truly exceptional at the at the world stage i think you need to be either a, a goal scoring winger someone who can give a proper assist or something like that i think he's still lacking that I'm not saying he can't do that if he would put his mind to it i'm sure he could develop into a, a fantastic player but he's just one of those it's weird he grew up in in what in sweden or or whatever in denmark and, denmark yeah, yeah and he's and he's such a typical turk you know yeah, he's, such a such a button yeah, how do you achieve that yeah, yeah. He's he's going to be know. 22 in July. He's going to be 22, mm-hmm. and he's still done absolutely sweet fuck all at Celta Vigo. He um, lacks brains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We need to brain transplant for that. I mean, yeah, he I, was the great yeah. hope at Euro 2016. Yeah, and he gave us some spark there. You know, he he did show that he has that ability to break open a game there, just in a couple of flashes. He's a flashy player, and he can do that, but. He's just, you know, it's such a waste of talents, and I, I, I don't see him coming back from that. For me, this is going to be one of those guys that in ten years' time we're going to be talking about. What if, you know, like a like a bottle hunt colored in his yeah. type thing exactly. is like what could have been, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll probably be like I don't know three stone overweight doing reality TV shows somewhere. Yeah, he'll be sitting next to um, Umit Uzat, uh, smoking cigars, uh-huh. being equally fat. Uh, say, says the fat man. Um, I don't know. Does anyone have anything to add to the Turkish national team debate discussion? Nah, let's get on to gossip. Okay, let's 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 get on to gossip indeed. Uh, shall we do it in alphabetical order? Because I think the juiciest stuff comes at the end of the alphabet. Uh, <laughs> that's okay with you guys. <laughs> We're talking about Zongo Duck Sport today. Damn, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, let, let's quickly dig into some rumors. I'll, I'll open some uh, some Bishiktas-related stuff here before this huge truck passes by. God damn, stupid traffic. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, but it's okay. It's okay? Oh, okay. Well, let's yeah. let's quickly like dig into some of the, the Bishiktas rumors. So, uh, Burak Yilmaz has apparently attracted the attention of a newly promoted Serie A site Lecce in Italy. Uh, they seem to be quite keen on acquiring Burak, but uh, Besiktas and Burak supposedly have turned down the offers. Um, I don't know, at this point, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Burak make a move to, to Italy. I think he should have moved abroad, not counting China, like five years ago or something. But it, w- it would be fun to see him make that move. But, of course, for Besiktas, he's thirty. He's, he's almost 34 years old. Uh, I think he's about to have a birthday this month or something. Um, you know, can you really get a decent transfer fee for someone like him still? And can you, for that money, get an equally good player? I highly doubt it, so it's probably something that won't happen. Uh, Dorokhan Tokus has also attracted the attention of Udinese, supposedly. Uh, they have 
reportedly put in a 12 million offer, which Besiktas have rejected as they want 15 million. He's also being linked to Liverpool. Uh, yeah, right. Like everyone is being linked to Liverpool in Turkey uh, today. Uh, I think Elif Elmas has been linked to Liverpool. I think uh, Abdul Kadir Omur has been linked to Liverpool. I think. Um, you know, uh, Ertuğrul Tashkiran has been linked to Liverpool. <laughs> Everyone's being linked to Liverpool. Uh, Everyone on this show is going to be linked to Liverpool by the end of the transfer window. <laughs> and Besiktas are also interested in Everton forward Ademola Lokman. So apparently Abdullah Avci is quite keen on him. It would be a loan move, but it's it's a difficult transfer supposedly. Uh, but that that could make sense. I could see that happen. Um, I don't know if there's anything else big Besiktas related. Oh yeah, there was a little. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Ricardo Quaresma throwing a little fit on Instagram because of something that Fikret Orman supposedly said, which he didn't say. Uh, well, Besiktas have come out and denied. But Fanatic published uh, an article earlier today with some quotes from uh, Fikret Orman, basically, in which he said uh, that. That that he that Quaresma has been letting the team down and he he's no position to make demands and they're gonna give him his money and send him on his way and blah and blah and blah. So uh, Quaresma got apparently very annoyed by that, made a statement on Instagram, um, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if you've been playing in Turkey for let's see, off and on six or seven years, shouldn't you know by now that not to trust Fanatik <laughs> as a credible source for quotes or anything? Even the even the date on the front you shouldn't trust. <laughs> exactly. So, like fanatic photo match yeah. it's all the same. Yeah. It's good for, good for cleaning the windows of your car, but <laughs> that's about it. It it's a real shame. I think he's kind of tarnishing his legacy with the, with that kind of stuff and uh, it's it's a shame that, that players like that can't leave in beauty, so to speak. You know, we've we've had to obviously Gorejma is not Alex, but you know, I mean is probably the closest thing comparable in terms of foreigners for Besiktas uh, to Alex. So it, it's a shame that, that that the player like that can't leave in, in beauty. You know, Wesley Snyder didn't leave in, in a nice way either. Alex didn't leave in a nice way. Quaresma is not going to leave in a nice way. I don't get why that, that, that it is in Turkey. Why can't you just, you know, leave a player in his dignity and vice versa to him leaving the, them leaving the club in their dignity although I that definitely wasn't a, an issue with Alex or, or, or Snyder I think but uh, it's a little bit of an unfortunate thing um, then I'm just quickly going to throw to you Umut in terms of official stuff what has been uh, announced yet because the transfer window has officially opened so which transfers and, and which managerial changes have happened have occurred well uh, officially uh it says that uh, Christian Sapnauer of Kaiserspor has moved to Denizlispor, uh, which is a new team for the Super League. Uh, and Eskisher Sports' Fratjan Üzüm uh, came to Trabzonspor as a free transfer. Uh, he's a right winger, a uh, young one. And Fatih Öztürk, the goalkeeper of Akisar, moved to Kasımpaşa this season. Uh, Chakurize Sports out of Sheishu uh, transferred to Antalya Sport and also Sivas Sport bought a goalkeeper from uh, Troyes uh, League 1 team uh, Mamadou Samasa as a free transfer once again and uh, Alanya Sport bought a striker from Ayek which, do I pronounce correctly A-E-K Ayek Athens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Athens. Uh, yeah, the Greek champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, Anas- pa- Pauk are the champions. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Whoops, yeah. they finished third, yeah. 
they bought Anastasios Bakasetas, uh, a striker, uh, by uh, 800,000 euros. And Fenerbahce bought Murat Salam, a right back from Wolfsburg, uh, young, uh, younger uh, right back. And also Kasimpasha loaned a, a center back from FC Porto, Jorge Fernandez. Uh, Konyaspor loaned uh, Riyad Bayic once again, came to Konyaspor from Udinese as a loan. Uh, also, uh, Kaleb Ekuban came to Trabzonspor as a permanent transfer by 1 million euros from Leeds United. Then Ozan Tufan came back to Fenerbahce as an end of his loan at Alanyaspor. Uh, finally, Bernat Mensah uh, was bought from Atletico Madrid after a couple of seasons he played in Super League to Kaiserspor from uh, I think uh, 3.60 million euros. Wow, and that's a big, pretty big fee for uh, Kaiserspor. Yeah, but yeah. I, he's so a younger. Poster Madrid, so they've got some yes. money. <laughs> and also, Aziz Beic returned to Super League from PSV Antoven to Başakşehir for. Yeah. Whoa. One million euros. We already knew that, though. I mean, that was already announced like two, three weeks ago. So yeah, uh, yeah. But it's definitely a good transfer. It's a player that if I was Besiktas, I would have gone after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I blocked all Bajaksehir related news out of my mind. So this is the first <laughs> time I'm hearing that. But that's a great, great transfer. Yeah, Can yeah. we mention the um, the after Sheju announcement video that Antalyas will release, oh, which yeah. is classy, yeah. classy, just. These um for for those of you who've not seen it and and for those of the, the, oh, oh listening who want you know just a breakdown, um you you get a shot from behind of Artur Shesh you could, don't know it's him he's like swinging in a chair by the beach having a tea, and then his phone goes off and it says it's from Bashkan it says and it's like Tartil ish Bashli or something like that it's like oh. no holidays over time to get to work, and he replies Tavan Bashkanim. Like, all right, chairman. And then you see him doing keepy uppies, and the camera slowly pans up, and it's Artif. Um, and he just gives like this thumbs up, and he says something like Antalya Spurs or something. He's Antalya Spurs or something. Or, or, yeah. yeah. It's just like a really horrendous, like, it's just like cringe. You know, cringe, and these things have now become the norm in Turkish football. It's like yeah. now everyone's doing that. They're trying to do different versions of these like announcement videos, and yeah. they just get more and more ridiculous. Look what you've done, Besiktas. That come to Besiktas <laughs> thing started off this fiasco. Yeah, we really, we really. Bam, started. bam, bam. We, how do you say? It? We opened a can of worms with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. At yeah, least, really at least ours was a good kind of cringe. You know, it was, it was like. We know it's bad, you know, but this is this is serious stuff. Yeah, right? too bad that think... it was good. Yeah, exactly. It was so <laughs> bad it was good, but this stuff is just no. It's just, you know, ah. I'm looking forward to like you know. Eventually, I think the production is going to go up in these. We're going to get also, like like you know, film stars and pop stars. In those videos. Coaches moved from the teams, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Mustafa Denizli resigned from Kasım Pasha and went to Tractor Sezi FC. I don't know what the hell what? that. Yeah, Tractor oh, yeah. Sezi FC. It's a retirement room or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, not Ipswich, is it? The Tractor Boys. It's not there. <laughs> no. Uh, also, Sergan Yelchin moved to Evkur Yeni Malatyaspor from Alanyaspor uh, after. Uh, the resignation of the previous manager, uh, which was his name. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Errol Bullet. Yeah, Errol Bullet. Yeah. Errol. 
Also, uh, Abdullah Avcı came to Beşiktaş from Başakşehir. Uh, and also, a former Kasımpaşa manager returned to Kasımpaşa, Kemal Özdeş. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. I, I never understood why he was fired in the first place. And and the funny thing is, so Sergen moves from Alanya to Malatya, and Erol, who of right. course he resigned a while ago, but he basically moves from Malatya to Alanya. So it's like it's like revolving chairs, you know. Yeah. Like, you know that, well, that game yeah, where you put. It's, it's, <laughs> No, but do you guys know that that, that game w- with the chairs and you're like walking oh, around well, and yeah, then yeah. they take a chair away? <laughs> That's kind of what it is. So Mustafa Denizli's chair was taken away and you know. And also, the also, another former Super League manager, Maris Sumuditsa. Oh. Uh, came from Al Shabab to Gazishir and newcomers of the Super League. Good coach. And lastly, Okan Buruk moved from Chaco Riza to Bashakshihir. Yeah, good sign. Oh, uh, yes. For sure. You know, the natural I think that's the only the only yeah. thing they could have done that made sense to basically appoint uh, someone who studied under Avcha to continue that that uh, structure really. Uh, any other manager would have probably had a, a far longer adjustment period. I think Okamburak is is a very good decision by Bashakshir, and I'm I'm very curious to see how Abdullah Avci will do at Bishitesh. But I think he'll, uh, you know, if he's allowed to implement his 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 ways of working, I think it'll uh, end end up being good for them in the, in the long run. But obviously, the question is, can they compete against? Uh, uh, a Galatasaray who are uh, probably going to make a couple of uh, interesting signings. But let's get to the Fenerbahce-related news first. Let's stay alphabetical. Uh, Burak, what's going on on the other side of Istanbul? Well, I think it's pretty much a done deal that Emre Belezolo is coming back to a club. There have been rumours and rumours. But um, on the, the most recent win-win Fenerbahce fundraiser show, he actually dialed in to speak with... Uh, the host, I think uh, our old player Rudvan was on the panel and he said, hi, Olsen Emre. Um, his contract runs out on the 30th of June, I believe, with Başak Şehir. So by all means, it looks no, no, like... No, every, all the contracts in Turkey run out on the 31st of May. Uh, the 30th of June is just transfer market, but uh, uh, you can see it on... The, the actual dates are on uh, the TFF website and his contract has expired, so I'm pretty ah, sure his announcement okay. will be done quickly. Dankeschön for the um, correction and, and yeah, in, indeed detective can't and um, yeah so he's going to be coming back um, there was some news earlier on Twitter that we two young players from the under 21s have been promoted to train with the first team squad this summer so you've got Yusuf Mertunch um, who had a good season for the under 21s this season and uh, Mohamed Gumushkaya, a central midfielder. So they're going to be training with the first team this summer with a view to getting promoted into the first team come the start of the season. Um, So that's also um, news that has been uh, broken on Twitter by various different accounts. So looking forward to seeing those guys in some training matches, Um, especially Yusuf Matunch. He looks um, a decent prospect, but can he make that step up is always the, the question, but you never know if you don't give them a chance. Um, those are the only ones that are pretty much confirmed. I know uh, Umut touched on Walat Salam, who came on a free transfer from Wolfsburg. Um, 
I don't know what's going on with the Boris Shalaji situation. Um, I've not seen any concrete news, but it, that should be end of loan return. Yeah, was he loaned for six months or for one and a half seasons? I believe it was six months, and the same with Ozan. So it'd be interesting. I mean, if someone comes in with like a one or two million euro bid for Ozan, I'd sell him personally. Um, mm. I don't know oh. if we can get that much more out of him. Maybe um, you should uh, give him one more season. He uh, was a big investment, seven million, you know, and he has shown some promise at Alanya. Maybe he can get back to a decent level. Well, he's he's, he's uh, lost a lot of weight as well. If you see his before and after pictures, um, when he's training, and then he's like as he was in his last stage at Fener, he was a bit of a chunky monkey, but um, he he looks to have he's leaned up under the uh, ice cream. Indeed, um, the Saragan diet of Raku and gambling seems to have <laughs> <laughs> helped him lose some weight. Um, Dan Alanya and the heat has probably helped as well. Um, the rumour wise, offers apparently are still coming in for Elif Elmas every single day from a number of clubs around the world. Uh, mm. Nothing concrete uh, yet. Um, the big talk of um, Alexander Kolarov from Roma, but I know Roma are currently going through some structural changes. I think they're appointing a new director yeah, of football. Once you get back to Sevilla. So until that has been sorted out and everything's, they've got their house in order. There's going to be no. I think news that will on. be a very good signing, by the way. I mean, he, I know he's he's like what thirty four. Yeah, but he, he would really add some much needed experience. I think uh, some, some leadership along some, with Emre. Some grinta, uh, something the Fenerbahce have been lacking, and I think uh, that some would be cojones. Sign. Yeah, cojones, yeah, as sure. they say. So, and a good free um, kick. <laughs> and, a, and a good free kick, indeed, a, a good left foot. So And, and lead, leadership. I mean, Oli Koch was mentioning that in his recent um, address that Fenerbahce did um, at the weekend, saying that we're looking for leaders with like grit and leadership and qualities. So I think that speaks directly to, to yeah, uh, Kolarov and, and Emre. Um, I think we've been linked with Ben Arthur again. Like we have been, like for the last ten seasons, yeah. um, so you can never take those seriously. Um, and I think that the most there's there still stories around Max Kruse, um as well. Um, but you know he's apparently been shopped around to a few different clubs by his agent. I think he's he's said that Fenerbahce might be like a potential a potential backup choice for him. If he doesn't get his um, chosen move, so for me personally, I'm not holding out any hope for Max Kruse. Um Simon Kea has come on holiday to Istanbul, so naturally he's been linked with a return back to the club, just like Edin Dzeko was when he came to Istanbul for a holiday. Um, everyone who comes to Istanbul for a holiday is linked with Fenerbahce. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, um, him as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh right, right. Oh, are you, are we gonna talk about this? About this amazing, amazing statement <laughs> from Bodrum Spor? Because well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Kevin De Bruyne was on was spotted on holiday in Bodrum, and Bodrum Spor basically made a public statement that they are not in negotiations with Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> that came out like a couple of days after like the the Jaco stuff, I think. So it was kind of a little bit of a, a mockery there for, for on 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 the media just because because they they make such a circus out of everything. Uh, but the, hey, I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, those rumors for for AF Elmas because uh, isn't he just a little bit of a big balloon right now? Well, 
if you look at how much Atletico Madrid or who is that player from Atletico Madrid that they're offering a hundred million million euros for? I think uh, they're uh, Atletico are making a one hundred and twenty million move for for Joao Felix, I think from from Joao Felix. Yeah, yeah, so if if Joao Felix is worth that, then Edafelmas is worth twenty million euros. Definitely. Ha, come on, man. It, no, I'm talking. If Joe Felix is worth yeah, that, then Edith is worth that. You're, you're yeah, talking I'm, about. I've watched player. him live, and he was just decent. Yeah, yeah he has but potential, it, but, but but it's 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 the tr- it's like when you buy a Ferrari, you know, you pay more because it's Benfica, because it's the Portuguese champions, because they're a factory of of, of yeah. decent players that, that have gone made those big moves. There's a reason why Turkish clubs can't get. Very big fees. We only I mean, recently you broke Talishka from the same word. Yeah, we didn't buy him, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, we couldn't. Too expensive. But you know, I mean, it's it's the thing. We, I you know, if if Fenerbahce would have had a good season with, with Champions League or, or at least a good run in the Europa League or something, and and Elif was a standout performer, then I, then I'd buy it. But look look at. The, the season, Jing, I'm not saying Jing Tosun is a fantastic player or anything, and you know, I think 23 million was amazing to get that for him, but if you look at the season he had, the performance he had shown, okay, he was 26 or something, he was a lot older than Elif is, but they're not keen on paying those huge fees, and I don't think Elif has done anything really that warrants a 20 plus million fee right now. I think that if you can get more than 10, you're lucky. And I'm not saying that you should sell him, by the way. I think he has the potential to be worth a lot more. I, I just don't see it realistic right now. Uh, I, I still think he's going to stay for another season. I know there's yeah. lots of interest coming in. Um, we don't know how much of this is true, what yeah, we read. That's the question. Um, exactly. So, you know, talks of, like, Napoli are the latest team to have bid 15 million euros, apparently. But, I mean, that's just through the various Twitter sources. I yeah. can't link it back to anything official from the club. Um, I definitely don't believe anything like Fanatic or... Yeah, I, I think if, or... if Fenerbahce or, or Besiktas get a, get a 12, 15 million euro for a guy like, like Dorokan, for a guy like Elif, I don't think there there's going to be much ru- time for rumors. Those guys are going to be off to the, on their plane and, and, and being sold straight away. Yeah, we know. I'll be there driving them to the airport. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd, but obviously I'd love him to stay for another season hopefully we have a better season next season where he plays more regularly week in week out and performs to a high level that is yet, you know, yet to How be seen How old is he now? 19 or 20? I believe he's still 19 yeah. I don't know when he's going to so, be 20 Yeah, so I mean if you, let's say you, you September you, 24th yeah. Let's say you end top 2 this season or whatever and you go to the Champions League next season and then he has a, has a run in the Champions League um, I think then you then you could be looking at a decent amount of money if he's uh, if he turns out if he continues developing because I think he did you know in the beginning of the season the first half of the season he didn't play all that much but when he played it didn't really impress me that much and then but towards these last couple of weeks he did get on the score sheet a couple of times he didn't necessarily play too well but you know you can see that there's something there he has that knack for getting a goal uh, something that Sally Uchan had too. Um, I think that, that, that with a little bit, like a season or two more under his belt of first-team football, he's going to be a really good player. I just don't think he's there yet right now. And I think that at this stage of his development to make a big move, I, I he'd get lost on the bench, he'd get lost in the shuffle, or he'd have to get loaned out. I don't think he's ready for a big move yet. He's, he's not ready to be a leader in Fenerbahce yet. And he, he grew his hair back. 
And I think as soon as his hair grew back, he started performing better. The shaved head didn't suit him. And um, <laughs> so that is another thing to, to note about Elif. And also on the, the Fenerbahce news front, apparently um, Nabil Dira was caught smoking shisha on the beach. Um, okay. So that made the rounds on, on Twitter today. What's um, wrong with that? <laughs> He's uh, on his holiday. Ab- absolutely nothing. But like I say, they've they've taken a, a molehill and made it into a mountain or volcano that is erupting lava and burning villages, as Turks love to do. I mean, unless uh, you put some hash in there or something, I don't know, but... I think yeah. it was double apple. I think it was classic <laughs> double apple. I can tell by the clouds. <laughs> Indeed. So, and and that really brings it to the end of the the rumor mill for Fenerbahce. Lubomir Fesha, dude. Lubomir Fesha. Why are you not talking about him? Because I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't know. I don't know. I think that might happen. Uh, Pretty concrete stuff coming out of Portugal on that one. 3 million euro fee, 1.8 million a year for the player. I think that's a good deal. He's a good player, very good player. Um, just very injury prone, unfortunately. He's, he's just 30 years old, but he could. He's, he's again one of those experienced players. Uh, and, and I think the type that you could really use next to Emre. But the question is how, how much of a role is Emre going to play on the pitch? I think he's going to probably play about, I'm going to stick my neck out and say about 10 to 15 games. Um, uh, Those 10 to 15, will he play the full 90? Mm, Probably not in every single one. Um, And I I think the real place where we're going to see his influence is in in training, Um, just talking and being around the players um, day in, day out in the training grounds. Um, on on the pitch, um, with then um, helping to the youngsters like uh, Jailson, Elif, Ferdi, mm-hmm. um, hopefully the two youngsters, uh, Yusuf Mert and Mohammed. Hopefully he gets to play a little bit with Omar uh, Beaz Farouk as well, the the starlet who's um, in the under 16s. I think he's still 15 at the moment. Um, hopefully he gets some time with him. I think that's the influence we're going to see from him. Um, as for Fedsha, um, if he can stay fit, because he's had an absolutely horrendous last 10 years with injuries. If you look at his um, injury stats, he's been out for about a com- combined... Yeah, two months a season or something. Exactly. You know, that's, you know, you paid all that money. You don't want someone to be going off onto the injury bed straight away. But we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see, really. And um, like I say, we, we can't really do anything anyway until the end of June when... Mm-hmm. That we've, we have our meeting with UEFA. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, uh, Platini was arrested today. So, fuck detained, you. Detained. Detained. Arrested. Same thing. So, fuck you, Michelle. Um, that's what oh, you no, get. we're going to get sued now. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so, might want to edit that bit out or no. Tur- just leave Turkish, it. Uh, leave uh, it in. Fo- football a la Turca is not responsible, nor does it share the thoughts of one Burak Sezgin. Uh, <laughs> so, if you want to sue anyone, uh, sue Mr. Sezgin. <laughs> leave but, us out of it. <laughs> two, two words for you, Michelle. Suck it. I'll end it on that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's going to be interesting what's going to happen there, you know, I mean, uh, the 2022 World Cup being awarded to Qatar, that was a very weird decision for sure, um, but let's get, you know what, uh, 
before we had uh, the Marcotti interview, I think we had uh, an, a first episode with some rumors in it, and it was quite Besiktas heavy. Uh, there's not much to talk about in terms of Besiktas. We just had some Fenerbahce stuff, but there is quite a little bit going on in uh, in Istanbul, but not with Besiktas or Fenerbahce, but Galatasaray are having some exciting rumors right now. Um, Uzer, can you run down what's going on yes. with Jimbom? Well, let's start with the uh, let's start with the the two boring subjects, the two pseudo done deals, namely Ryan Babel and Shener from Fenerbahce. So Ryan Babel is looking as though he's coming in um, on a one plus one year deal. Uh, he's 32 years old, but you know I'm not totally against his transfer because he knows the league pretty well. He's he's back in the Netherlands squad. He's a pretty pretty safe bet and on a one plus one deal for a 32 year old okay cool it's not the end of the world whether or not it's going to be an upgrade over on your because it's looking unlikely that on is going to come back that is very much up for debate i don't think he's going to fill that role at all but for a squad rotation player it's, it's decent chanel on the other hand i just okay i just don't know why we as galatasaray and fenerbahce end up picking each other's trash i mean why do we have to go and sign this guy and spend some 900,000 euros a year on him. Why did you guys have to sign Tolga Giorgi, who we let go for free? I mean, I just don't understand the uh, the dynamics of these of these transfers personally. Um, but yeah, okay. So those two are let's let's put them in the bucket of done deals. Now onto the exciting stuff, onto the onto the rumors. The hot name right now is of course Sevilla's Banega, Eva Banega. So he is he still has a year left on his contract which is the thing that worries me most about this transfer, uh, insofar as are we going to actually be able to put the put the money together to sign him, to buy him out of his contract. Um, if we can, it will be an absolute coup for the club. He's a superb player. He he was instrumental in Sevilla's first two Europa League titles. Then, of course, he, that, he won the move to Inter. Kind of flopped at Inter, to be honest, but then he came back to Sevilla. Ah, who doesn't flop at Inter? Yeah, exactly. Look, Nangalan flopped. He flopped. A lot of players. Inter is like the, the flop zone of Serie A. That's where good so players go to. Yeah, Careers exactly. that goes to. Exactly, exactly, exactly. If my friend Nima listens to this, he's going he's gonna to kill me. But uh, <laughs> it's unfortunately a little bit the sad truth uh, with, with Inter. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's true. And he, he on top of that, he's got the 65 caps, I believe, for Argentina, which is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um also, he, I think he picked up some 16 yellow and one red card last year. So, like, he's perfectly made for Galatasaray in the Turkish <laughs> League. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think he's a, he, I don't know, I think he's a perfect Turkish League player for sure. I mean, I, yeah. that type of player does really well in Turkey. You know, that, that sophisticated, deep-playing playmaker type. Um, what was the guy called again that Bursa had that came from Porto? Uh, a couple of years ago, yeah, Belushi. Oh yeah, and how amazing was he? He was and, a superb and, player, and he's like the the, the poor man's version of Everbanega. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? I think that's a pretty fair comparison, actually. And Belushi was a superb player. Yeah, would have taken him. Yeah. Would have taken him for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Although apparently, a couple of hours ago, before before we came on to record, I did see some news that Monchi, who's now at Sevilla, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. apparently spoke to Bain International and said, "Galatasaray have made no contact with us so far for anyone." Yeah, but that doesn't but, mean anything. No. Uh, clubs always talk to players first. That's just the yeah. way it goes. I know that's not yeah. how it's supposed to go, but that's how it goes. Right. You know, a club right. isn't going to waste uh, three months of negotiation, well, three weeks of negotiations on a player that 
turns out. You know, it doesn't work like in Football Manager where you're like negotiating, 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 and I finally get a deal, and then you talk to the player, he's like, nope, not interested. Yeah, That's yeah, not yeah, how yeah. it works, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. So that doesn't I mean, mean, doesn't th- mean this is this is the kind of transfer that will that will help those those sexy new kits fly off the shelves if we can sign Eva Benega. I mean, I'm really excited about the potential of this. But on the other hand, the other um, really kind of left field rumor, of course, in the same position is Mr. Juan Mata, who is going to be a free agent next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of kind of rumors around uh, around. Um, linking him with Galatasaray. In fact, a, a Man United friend, supporting friend of mine asked me the other day, is it true that Matt is going to Gala? And I said, is it? That's the third I, first I've heard of it. You must yeah, have heard it from a Turkish source. <laughs> and then he sent me, yeah, I know, he sent me a few links and he said, no, no, none of these link back to Turkish sources. So instantly I thought, well, it must be quite reliable then. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's he's no reason the why not. He's a Turkish he's, club would go after for exactly. sure. Exactly. He's 31, I believe. He's got the credentials. He's won the Champions mm-hmm. League. He's famous, he's played in Chelsea, United, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's going to be a free player. So give him a nice, um, juicy sign-on bonus and sign him up to a three-, four-year million contract. And Bob's yeah, an and if you if you sell Bilhanda for 10-plus million or something oh, to Qatar... Yeah, I'll personally yeah. contribute to that fund. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Everbanega coming in, that could be to replace Belhanda, but that could also yeah. be to coexist with Belhanda. I mean, those aren't players that necessarily have to play in the same position. Um but Juan yeah. Mata, I think if he comes in, then well, I guess Belhanda could move to to an eight role, but which he yeah. kind of plays anyway. I, but. I, yeah, he kind of does that anyway when he backs when he's not even concentrating. But I think either of the, I mean, the, even being linked with Benega so so closely signals to me that Belhanda might be on his way out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the club has put a price of at least ten million euros on his head. Yeah. Which is which is fair, which is reasonable. Yeah, you paid eight or nine. Exactly, so. exactly, exactly. And he's done um, well statistically. At least I know you're not a fan, but I think he's done pretty well, and he's still young enough to warrant a decent fee. Yeah, I mean that that much is true. Yeah, he he's certainly is worth at least ten million in in the market in today's mm-hmm. market. Um, sure. So so let's say Belhanda goes for ten. There's also the big issue of Mbaye Jagne, the top <laughs> scorer, the everybody's favorite player. Yeah. Um, he was linked recently to some Saudi club, to some Al Shabab, I think. Al right? Shabab was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, also in the region of about ten million. So if we can offload these two guys and get twenty million euros out off the back of it, that would be a huge, huge benefit for us. Mm-hmm. Now I've also seen some rumours of a certain Danny Welbeck, <laughs> um, who was unloved by Manchester United, who was ridiculed. He'd by probably Arsenal. do great in Turkey. Honestly, to be exactly. He will find heaven in hell. If you came to Galatasaray, like as as an Arsenal fan too, I I mean I think this guy has a lot of talent, but just uh, didn't really get much, many chances, and he's suffered terribly from injuries. I think he's only played about eight games last season. That's the biggest concern for me. Did he, 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 he scored? He scored a hat trick against you at the Emirates, yeah, he did. didn't he? Yeah, that's right. He did. He did. He knows I was at that match <laughs> in the Arsenal. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> celebrating each goal. But he's been linked I, to, I to a move to, to Besiktas for, for the last three, four years too. And, and Galtry, I think he's, he's been linked to Turkish clubs so often. I, just, I don't think that's happening. Well, yeah, but now he's going to be a free agent, you see. So, again, like the Matter situation, these guys want to play Champions League football. These guys want to get um, a nice big paycheck. They want to live in a great city. I mean, if I were either Welbeck or Matter, I'd be begging my agent to move to Galatasaray. 
Umut, what do you think? Uh, what what excites you, Everbanega? What 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 does not excite you? Uh... Yeah, I really want to see Everbanega in Galatasaray because, in my opinion, he is the kind of player you want to see in Galatasaray, and Fatih Terim also wants to I see. I do not want to see him at Galatasaray. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I would very much uh, prefer that not to happen. Uh, the main playmaker uh, he will be, which Galatasaray still lacks because Balhanda somehow failed to possess, uh, because he somehow manages to lose the ball uh, on the midfield and uh, somehow fails to create attacks during the games. In some games he uh, just plays really good and the other one he just cannot do the same thing. I believe Terim is planning to use Belhanda as a box-to-box kind of stamina player and will give the playmaker role to Ever Banega for the season and really wants to uh, Banega transfer. But uh, in case uh, in the Mat- uh, Juan Mata situation, I don't really think it is likely because Mata is the kind of player uh, Fatih Terim doesn't like uh, right now. In the older days, he loves these kind of players, but uh, in this time, he just wants a uh, fighter kind of players. And mm-hmm. Mata is just uh, pure talent, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so soft kind of player and yeah, lacks, yeah. The, yeah, lacks the defensive contribution Fatih Terim would like to see on the field. So, in addition to that, uh, considering his old age, he's not getting any younger, and I don't really think this transfer is quite likely uh, because of the type of player Mata is right now. Mm. I think that's a good point. He is a much softer player. He's almost uh, how Arsenal fans describe Ozil as a luxury player. Yeah, um, yeah. just same kind of Snyder kind of yeah. player. Well, well, for me, Snyder is in a league of his own because he his contribution both in terms of the gameplay and in terms of goals and assists was just was huge. But I think Mata Mata kind of sits doesn't have that kind of obvious contribution in the same way. Snyder gets stuck in too. I mean, he 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 cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain games, absolutely. Yeah, Snyder, you could always rely on. Um, although you mentioned about the age, one Mata is, I think, 31, and Benega turns 31 next week. So they are about similar age. But I definitely agree that Benega is a more combative uh, type of player that Terim, Terim really needs because we don't have the quality and we're not going to be able to invest in the quality all over the pitch that we need to compete in the Champions League. So we need to make up for those deficiencies by having players who are happy to get 16 yellow cards and one red card every season. <laughs> and he's the kind of perfect fit for that. Also, uh, I saw Fatir mentioning about the 4-3-3 formation and uh, not having a, like a 10 uh, role player. Uh, so, I think that's the, one of the reasons uh, Mata transfer is quite unlikely. Uh, that Banega will switch into playmaker role of the center midfield uh, with Belhanda and uh, defensive kind of player uh, between them. Uh, just ha- handling the holder position. Yeah, Fernando. You know, you already yeah. have him. Yeah, yeah, and Donk. Yeah, I think you need to get rid of him. <laughs> well, I, not, not I like rid of him. him. I think he's a good like squad depth player, but he's not a starter. Come on, if you're going to go into the Champions League, if you yeah, want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. old. And in fourth place. Yeah, yeah, both of them are old enough uh, to... Well, Fernando is still really good. Uh, Banega is still really good. I think you need a... Uh, I think you need a dog on Toku's type 
uh, next to if you get Bunnig, I think you need a that, that young upcoming type player next to them. Um, yeah. You know, but who I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can't fuck, but, uh, get well soon. Well, I don't yeah. know if MRI is really. I don't know if he would have fit into that. I guess well, he, he, he would have been an option there, at least. Yeah, he would have been an yeah option, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Burak? Are you looking forward to Ever Banega coming to Turkey to grace uh, us with his presence at Galatasaray? <laughs> well, I'd love to see him play in the Super League. Obviously, I wouldn't like to see him play for Galatasaray as it would make them even stronger than they are right now. But it's it's a good. It would be a good sign that the Super League can still attract um, a quality player um so i think obviously the prospect of champions league football is extremely high and it's directly into the group stages as well so there's no chance of playing a qualifier and getting eliminated so you have six guaranteed games as well which i think is a huge huge plus point for players when they sign so you know sometimes players go with the promise of champions league football but you know you're you were playing qualifiers and you might not even get into the proper competition. So that's a, a massive plus um, and um, a hook to get him in. Um, I think it just comes down to whether you can afford him, really. Um, but like you say, if you make the sales of Jagnet and Balhanda, you've, you've raised the funds mm. as well. But with, you know, Mustafa Cheng is talking about some of the financial issues recently in the press, mm. um, you know, not making them... Um, really clear, like Fenerbahce have done, saying we're in this much debt, we're fucked, you know, we're going bankrupt. But you know, it's just little drop mentions here saying, you know, we're not gonna, you know, let the financial troubles um, worry us too much. Um, it's just a case of whether you can raise the funds. But like I say, through through, through player sales, I think that could be reached quite easily. So get on the phone to your friends in Saudi. And they get Bahanda <laughs> and Jagna just shipped off to yeah. Al Hilal, and then the man bring bring Benegering. Um But yeah, if he does come, I'm looking forward to to seeing him play. Um, but obviously, you know, at the same time, thinking shit, he's gone to Galatasaray. It's going to make them a stronger team. Yeah, he's a he's a. I like him a lot. He's a player I've wanted at Bishtej, but thought that was impossible for many years. Uh, it would be I, I I'd have to admit I would be green of envy if he would end up signing for for Galt's, right? He's the type of player I I I really don't want to see go to a rival. He's a, he's a fantastic player. Le, uh, but uh, what's the the feeling like on on Ryan Babel? Uh, Umut, uh, what do you think about that as a Onyekuro replacement? Because he's headed back to Everton, of course, for uh, at the end of his loan. Yes, but. Uh... I think there's a bit of problem about his work permit uh, in England, I think. Uh, if that uh, works out, uh, hopefully we can loan him back, uh, I believe, but it's quite unlikely as well. Uh, about Bubble, I really like him. Uh, even though he's old, uh, he can manage to create chances and score goals about his long shots as well. Uh, but uh, also remember him uh, wasting his chance against Galatasaray uh, when Besiktas had a chance of championship title a year ago in Tete Arena. Uh, so I think that kind of composure he uh, doesn't want to handle in these occasions. However... Uh, Occasion. Occasion, yeah. <laughs> uh, however, uh, we can also use him as a striker uh, because uh, uh, he now uh, loses his pace uh, and speed. Uh, 
and uh, turn him into a like a goal scorer kind of player in the center position. Yeah, he's very versatile. You can use him in different positions. I think that the, the form he's been on since returning from the sandbox, uh, going to Deportivo, then, you know, what was it? Uh, one and a half season at Besiktas. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and he, you know, he was great for Besiktas the first six months. He was he was very good. I, I thought he was good in his second season, too. Um, and the first six months of, of this season, he was, he was pretty good. Decent. He had, yeah, you know, he was off and on a little bit, but there was some stuff going on, you know, with the fans and a lot of polemic being created around him. But then he went to Fulham, and he, I mean, he did really well there, despite them going down. Yeah, um, he, he is about. He, he will turn thirty-three in December, but I, I don't think he's showing his age yet. Uh, one plus one year deal. If that's true, that's a good deal. Um, two and a half million a year. That's not insane. Um, I do remember when we signed him out, I think we paid him 2.1 or 2.3 or something. I remember people making kind of a fuss about that. But um, I think he's, he proved to be worth that money. And I, I think that would be a, a very good short-term fix for Galtzrite to replace a, a guy that scored 14 goals this past season and was very important for you guys. But I think Babel can definitely uh, do that job. At the same time, uh, I think... We all know what 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 you're getting with him. Good player, not yeah. great, not knows the league as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly knows the league. Um, and he'll do it. He'll do, he'll do his job, and and he'll he's gonna have one or two games in which he's probably gonna win you uh, points. Uh, definitely, the, definitely. You know what I mean? Like win it's win the points on his own. I'm not gonna, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think yeah. it's a I think it's a decent signing for sure, especially um, with, with Bista struggling in the winger position right now. But you're kind of struggling in that position right now. Uh, definitely not a bad signing. But um, I think the big the big question is going to be as well, you know, like as I said, in Diagne, what's going to happen with him? Um, do you do you see the? I don't know how you guys. I, I know how you feel about it, Uzer, But Umut, what do you feel about? It? Do you think he's you can go into next season with him as your first striker? Does that feel like? Uh... Yeah. I really wish to see him going after what he's done uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch. I really cannot stand watching him going down every chance he gets inside the box and begging for a penalty every time he does that. I'm I'm just done with that, you know. And also, uh, similar with Emre Mor incident, he's too on for Instagram, you know. he His life depends yeah. on Instagram and uh, show business and... Mimicking Balotelli. I don't know why he does mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's his hero, you know. He yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it <laughs> just, it just like two ages apart. And yeah, I know, but you know, Balotelli is a player that peaked really early in his career, yeah, and when when Diagne was young, and he was in Italy, he idolized him because that was his big example. Even though they're like basically the same age. Yeah, I, I have to yeah. uh, trust uh, Fatih Terim's instincts about this one if he uh, knows how to manage him uh, off the pitch and uh, make him concentrate into the games and not go down inside the box and just finish the position and score the goal, not just beg for a penalty. I, I think he's going to get you the goals in the league, but the question is, I, I think he's going to be in a wet noodle in the Champions League. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Totally agree. He's, he's uh, as I said, he's... He's a crybaby. He's a he's a little bitch. He's too much of an insta whore. <laughs> All of these things, but he gets the goals in the league, and that's fine. But 
in the Champions League, it just won't cut the mustard. We, and I really don't think that Terry wanted Jagne. It's just that we couldn't sign anyone. The board mm. was too incompetent to get one of the top guys on the list, and we ended he up. Was, he was a great signing team. at the time. Let's be honest. I mean, I don't. Think yeah. Well, I mean, on paper, uh, on paper, sure. But the reality was that uh, I mean, something like fifty percent of his goals were tap-ins or penalties. Um, uh, and he didn't. He never scored decent goals. But he, he didn't. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of one really impressive goal he scored at Kazan Pasha, and mm. certainly zero. Well, actually, no. Let's give him some credit. He scored a brilliant header for Galatasaray in the comeback against mm-hmm. uh, Riza. Yes, exactly. That was a great header. But otherwise, um, nothing in the Europa League mm. against Benfica, etc. No, I mean, he just didn't. Basically, didn't cheer up to those games. So I don't think Terim trusts him in Champions League. And I think we're we're definitely doing our best to offload him. And have there been any rumors with, with in regards to a striker as of yet? Because I mean, Mitrolos loan is that being continued or is that being terminated? Because I believe his loan was for one and a half season initially. Yeah, I without Moritz, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess I'd much rather have Mitrolos to be honest. I like Mitrolos. <laughs> okay, just because he brought he us the victory, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he's. I mean, he's. I'd rather play Mitroglu than uh, thing, uh, Jagne, Honestly, oh, okay, he contributes but... much more to the to the to the midfield, to the defense. He comes back to to win balls. He's got mm-hmm. more. I, he's got a lot more technique, better ball control. I mean, I, I don't know why we're so quick to write off uh, Mitroglu as a club. Yeah, the fans wrote him off pretty quickly as well, despite not really getting many. You know, I mean, he, he scored that goal against Akisar, and I think I think Diagne missed that due to suspension or something, um, because I think he still yeah. had a suspension from from his time at Kasim Pasha because he got a stupid red card in the cup or something for spitting, and oh, then yeah. he basically disappeared onto the bench after that Akisar match, I think, and and. I don't know why he got written off. Maybe some bad sub appearances. I I, I don't really know. Um, not that I think that Mitrolo is the answer for for Galatasaray in the Champions League either. To be honest, but you know, um, who is? It's difficult to find a good striker. Um, yeah. Oh, mosquito attack. Okay. Um, any anything else to add to to uh, Galatasaray's uh, list of rumors, or, or are we done with our uh, little chat chit chat? Burak, anything to add? <laughs> oh, sorry, just coming off mute there. Um, and no, no, nothing, nothing to add here. I, I think it's. Um, I'm just looking forward to having some football back. You know, getting this yeah. the UEFA thing done and and dusted, and then, then seeing what we can actually do, what we can spend, watching watching some friendlies and watching some young players um, in the squad. Um, it's all you know, very well talking about you know rumours and hearing about Ben Arthur for the, the millionth time. Um, I'm I'm quite excited about um, the work that Camoli's doing behind the scenes with the youth setup and um, bringing people in from places such as Alton Ordon and Crystal Palace to do with data analysis. Um, the two young players that were promoted, or we mentioned earlier, um, Yusuf and Mohamed, I think they were down to the result of um, data analysis work uh, by Kamoli and his team. So let's see how it goes. I mean, um, the two teams that he's worked on previously, Liverpool and Tottenham, um, played the Champions League final this season. Now, I'm not saying that we're (laughs) going to play the Champions League final, far from it. But, you know, with, you know, give it a few years, we we might start to see the fruits. When did he last work there, though? Isn't that quite a long while ago? Yes, yeah, a long time ago. So I think, you know, almost like 
10, 10 to eight years because he's, you know, bounced around at Tottenham and then at Arsenal, at Liverpool, and then um, he was in France for a little bit. So I think he gets a lot of um, un- unnecessary stick from from Turkish fans who say that he doesn't understand football, um, which which I just think is a, a ridiculous statement from someone sitting on their sofa having their Chico deck and Uludağ guzzles. You know, it's like just a classic armchair fan and armchair quarterback. Yeah, he's like. Or how some, should we call it in, in football? Ar- armchair uh... critic, armchair critic, or <laughs> armchair pirlo. Uh, or just we could just call them idiots. Um, <laughs> if if, I mean, I, if, the, if the, the criticism is justified, I think it's fine to make, to have criticism. Um, I, I don't think we can say that uh, that Komori has has blown us away. But on the other end, I, if you look at the deals that he has made, um, yes, they haven't panned out. But if you look at them purely, basically before this season, if you if you would have said Slima, Slimani, Benzia. Um, who else did he end up signing? I mean, he used his network, and I think a guy like Slamani was a good signing. It just didn't work out. Benzia was on paper a good signing. It just didn't work out. Andre Ayu was a good signing, just did not work out. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, people now are, are labeling these guys as, as shit players, as, as, as average players or whatever, uh, below uh, subpar players. But when the signing happened, their status was that of a player that should rip up the league in theory and you know sometimes stuff just doesn't work out that's just the way it goes yeah it just didn't work out with like three or four players all at once which is uh it is not ideal um but you know we it's uh, i'm you know still still have faith in in him and and faith in ali koch um you know we've had one horrific season and i think people are too quick to jump on like we had the guy who came onto the stage at the, the the board presentation and started ranting about you know the people who've brought the club to this situation Allah and you know you, you can understand where he's coming from as an upset fan but he's speaking absolute nonsense but um, who is he who, who is he blaming as Hilderum then or is he just talking about everyone who's working there now because you well if you, if you if you break it down he says the people who have brought the club to this situation so that should, in theory, be as his children, but most yes. people are probably blaming Ali Koch already. Well, of course they are, because they're, they're short-sighted, yeah. um, which, unfortunately, yeah. is like every, you know a lot of people, because of your, your rivals doing really well and us doing the complete opposite and having the financial problems um, very well publicised. But, you know, that's the, that's the, the state of play as it is, lads. You know, what, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> um, so we need to be realistic and think. Okay, you know, it might we might not even be competitive next season, but at least we still be in business. Yeah, it's it's uh, John O'Carr put this really well uh, a couple of months ago on the Black Eagles podcast. He said uh, the 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 age of bomba transfers is over, and it. It should be, but I don't think, you know, I told him then, I think that the Turkish mentality is just not, you know, we're going to keep on trying making those moves. We're going to keep on trying to wow the fans, even though I think we should be good. Like, you know, the things that you're saying uh, of, of Komoli putting in that structure and, and you know, working with the youth setup, and that's, that's all good, that's great for the future, but obviously you're not going to re- reap the rewards of that straight away. But then when you see the, the players from Arbacha are linked with it, are mostly 30-plus-year-olds, 
And that still very much kind of harkens back to that Turkish mentality of short-term fix, short-term fix, short-term fix. I think it's fine to have a couple of short-term fixes like a, like a Ryan Babel or Burak Yilmaz. But I think the skeleton of your team needs to be built for the upcoming years. So obviously we don't know yet what's going to happen at Fenerbahce, our bars, Ali Giar, Ferdi, Cadiolo. Are those guys going to get a more profound role next season? Uh, I hope so for Fenerbahce's sake, for those players' sake. Um, well, actually... You know what? Do whatever you want. I don't care. But you know, Brilliant. The, the the question is: Is Esunyanla going to be that type of coach that has the balls to to play those type of players? Like, I, 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 on one hand, I think he said something along the lines of, "Look, this is just not the right time to put these young players into the team because we're in such a bad position right now. It's going to affect them negatively." But at the same time, given the season Fenerbahce have had, and once they were kind of safe. I don't know why you wouldn't play a Berke Ezer or, or a Ferdi Cadiola, but I, I I kind of get where Essen is coming from, where you may not want to turn throw them into a burning ship, but I don't know. I think things were going a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen them play, even yeah. if it was like coming off the, 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 the bench for 20, 30 minutes, uh, giving the fans a taste of, you know, this is the, the future, this is what's to come, etc., but he, he might have thought, you know, let's actually push for that sixth, fifth place and a potential European spot. Um, so and, and he didn't want to risk the the young players when he thought that he could get better results with the, the more senior team. But, you know, the we'll, the, the summer is now where we did see what the real intentions are for the, the coming season and we can make a better judgment. And um, yeah. I just popped into my mind um, Martin Skirtle rumours that he apparently is talking to Barshak Shikir. Right. Um, yep, is um, what I've seen. Um, his contract's up. I think we've offered an extension to him. I'm not sure if it's one or one plus one. Um, but like you say, he's the type of like 30 plus player that we could we could do with having yeah. you know a few of them scattered within the team. Like especially if you he's manage pretty, to keep. He's, he's been stable. He's been solid. I mean. He's not been Lugano. He's not been, uh, uh, you know, Ufalushi or anything like that. But he's been good. He's been stable. Um, and yeah, the type of player you could keep definitely could keep around, but not at the wages he he was earning probably. Uh, no, he was on like a huge. I can't remember what it is, but probably like two two point five, maybe even higher. higher, higher. But okay. oh, close to five, I believe. But well, not, re- not reported, but like the official number was supposedly three and a half, but uh, I think he got a huge signing bonus and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that, that is it for all that on the room front. So, we'll yeah, see what happens on yeah. that over the next couple of days. Let's end it there. Uh, well, actually, no, quick question for you guys if you would get to pick one player for this window, this transfer window, uh, not necessarily a name, but like a role, a position for your club, who would you pick? Burak, starting with you. Striker. Uzer? You know, I'd also say striker. <laughs> okay, Umut? Striker. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I'll put myself on the spot now. Uh, <laughs> Khan? Uh, for, for what about me, you, Khan? Yeah, tell uh, us. Tell us now. A, Come a on. Right, a right Come winger. On. A right winger. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, left yeah, field right. choice. Yeah, or a left winger. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Well, actually, I could go with a left winger because we could keep lens, but Quaresma era is uh, is over for me. Uh, even though I, I, you know, great player, I have lots of his shirts. Uh, love him, but he's been a dick. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, let's let's end it there. Uh, thank you all for listening to Football Alla Turca. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Samantha Johnson. We're trying to work out scheduling right now, uh, so we'll see. And we'll also definitely have Jano Karan soon to talk a little bit more about the finances of the Turkish clubs. Guys, thank you very much for joining me, and uh, thank us everyone for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Futi Alla Turca. Send us any questions, comments, whatever you want. Uh, how did you like this format? We a little less structured, a little bit more chit-chat. Was it okay? Let us know. Guys, peace. Peace. Thank you, everyone. Please like, share, and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Five-star, baby. Yeah, five-star rating. Indeed. Give us reviews. Give us iTunes reviews and, and share with your friends, damn it. Yep, yep. We can take, we can take it. We're big boys. <laughs> <laughs>